0: We're going to come on to, to Cushioning Falls later because d- d- my song hasn't got featured in any blogs and all of the excuses they've had for not featuring it are absolutely delicious. So we're going to mention them later on.
1: Can we like interview you and put like an old timey radio effect over your voice? So
0: Yes. Well, what, what sort of old timey radio effect? Do you want uh, like an um, advertisement for my own song? I
2: don't know. Sure. While you're
1: editing, I guess you can put it wherever you want.
3: Oh, yeah, that's a good point. Mr. Banerjee of Bolton said
0: this song sounds too <laughs> commercial.
1: You really have got quite a good voice for it.
0: This is the problem. It it does actually sound quite good.
1: <laughs> good morning.
2: This is the BBC from London. On today's show...
3: Oh, that's pretty good. Mm. I'm going to lie.
0: On that, I did genuinely get once get a lecturer who said to me, have you thought about going on television? Because I can imagine you presenting the news and... Like, thank you, but I'm doing a marketing presentation at the moment. I'm trying to... <laughs> I'm trying to... Wait, did he
4: interrupt you mid-presentation?
0: <laughs> no, 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 it was afterwards. It was afterwards, but, oh, you know, right, like, okay. admittedly, I'm, I'm not going to deny it. I'm okay at this presenting, Lark. It's okay, but also, oh. I mean, I'm kind of busy saying what this gin company should be doing for the next five years. <laughs> um, right, do, do we need to
4: start the show? We should probably start the show.
0: I mean, we kind of started I drank m-
4: more of my gin and lemonade than I expected <laughs> to do in this half Oh,
0: well, nice. Should we just do a lazy hello like 20 minutes in? Hello, we're here. Next.
1: <laughs>
0: no, I have to do the proper intro.
4: Hello, and welcome to Unmuted Unmastered. I'm Will, and I'm checking if I'm clipping. I'm not. Cool. Uh... Today I'm joined by the original crew We're all back
0: On the call We've got Tom Now with new desk, hello Jess
1: In a new location
4: And ye old faithful James Still here, hello You can hear the enthusiasm In his voice there (laughs) On the show this week We're going to be Busting some music myths. Uh, I've got a review of the new Skirts album, and we've got all of the upcoming releases this week that you need to know about. But first, I want to know why everyone's been listening to, and we are starting with
1: Jeff. I feel like you always start with me every single time. I said this before. I feel like I can just I'll tell start with someone else. I can just tell. I was like, I know it's going to Tom wants me. to
4: start. We're starting with Tom.
0: Uh, Songs That Made Me Feel by James Vickery. I'm just going to leap straight into this. We're ready to go now. Uh, Songs That Made Me Feel by James Vickery. Um, This is an album which came out, what, about two months ago? And I had no idea what was happening. James Vickery is a uh, singer who made a wonderful song called Pressure with S.G. Lewis. Normally, it's a song that would not interest me in the slightest. I don't even think his vocals are very good on it. But the hook is so, so good. Uh, it's been a song that I've listened to pretty much continuously for the last two years, and I don't really regret it. Um, he's just come back with this very um soft and well polished and very um smooth uh neo soul contemporary R and B album. Really, really fun, really good. Um, there's a slight contradiction here that James Vickery has this very um soft and velvety. Uh, falsetto voice, um, which wasn't very well utilised on the track he's probably best known for, which was Pressure. Uh, But luckily, this whole album, he has now leaned into that much softer side. They're all songs which are very intimate. They're very close. uh, And they're mixed as such as well. You've got this very lush and vibrant instrumental against this quite... um, Not in-your-face vocals, but as though whispering into your ear vocals. It's really nice, it's really sweet, and it's just really good. It's good pop music, honestly. It's really, really good stuff. Um, Two highlights for me. Hourglass is really, really super glossy. The production has a really high finish and a really, really um, strong polish. I'm sure there's a better way of putting that it's full of really nice neo soul chords and um actually quite traditional like um gated um kick drums and dance stuff but it's got this really sultry vibe to it it's really nice um one thing that is intriguing about this album is that it has got this whole undertone of this obsession with manhood i don't quite know what to describe but there are a few lyrics which do stand out to me There are lyrics about, um, I don't know, almost fulfilling a role. I don't really know what it is. But there's a line in um, Hourglass, repeated twice, so it's not a mistake, um, which is that I'm ready to find my wife, which is quite intriguing. I guess it's talking about the idea of moving away from dating to long-term relationships. But again, it's still a bit of a peculiar way to put it. Um, But it's still a really nice song. Uh, I need more than a second to fill your Hourglass. need more than a minute to fill your Hourglass. Really nice hook. Uh, And also the song, Finally. Um really intimate track, really uh, vibey. It's got a good vibe, you know. And that's probably quite a generic thing to say. But it's got a um finger click on the two, which is a really, really nice addition to the choruses, and it gives it this really um shuffly vibe. It's quite fun and it's quite nice. They're all pretty decent songs. It's nothing too remarkable. I'm probably not going to listen to it in a couple of weeks' time, but I'm really enjoying it. It's on repeat at the moment, and I'm thoroughly enjoying it. Um, songs That Made Me Feel by James Vickery.
4: I guess the big question is, are these songs that made
2: you feel? Um, yes. I, I don't know cool. what I felt, but right. yes.
3: <laughs> James, what have you
2: been listening to?
3: Um, this week I've been listening to um, Victorious by Wolfmother. So this week I wanted, I I went into the week thinking, okay, I want to listen to Wolfmother because I've listened to them like probably like a decade by now ago. Um, I really enjoyed their self-titled um, album Wolfmother and Cosmic Egg a little less, but still really enjoyed it. But since then I haven't really listen to them. Um so yeah, I really wanted to get into it. Um before I actually go on to the album. It's Wolf Mother quite interesting because they've changed a lot of their members. Um for the however many years they've been present. Um so looking at the Wikipedia now, in total there's been eleven members. But there's um at one time the three members in the band. Um Andrew Stockdale is the is the is the I guess fixed point in the um in the um the band. So he, he's the one that stays throughout the whole thing. Um but it does mean that there's a consistent sound to all of the albums, which is quite nice. Um uh, Sydney based um band. Uh, They're like a hard rock band, which is quite nice. Um, So, yeah, I've been listening to Victorious this week. I was planning to listen to Rock and Roll Baby, their latest album, but I listened to it, and to be honest, I was quite disappointed. Um, So I just went back in time to 2016, which is their album Victorious, and I came in with low expectations, and... I'm I've come out here with like it's actually really, really good. And yeah, I'm really surprised by this album. Um I get major deep purple vibes from it, uh raconteurs um vibes, which I talked about the other week. Um, a bit of Led Zeppelin and just general like 70s rock, um, but in like a modern way, and with his his vocals, which um make it quite unique. Um yeah, um, I think the some songs to pick out is Victorious. They've got this nice chuggy guitar with a nice um, guitar hook, and the same thing goes for like tracks like Baroness and um, Best of a Band's Bad Situation, and that track in particular has got this, um, these falsetto um, vocals as well, which really just adds the layers on and on. Um, the track Pretty Peggy, Starts out a little bit different, a little bit more low-key. Um, the energy goes up a bit throughout the song. But the best way I could describe it, that song is Montford and Sons-esque, but better in my opinion, um, mixed with Coldplay. So it's got that kind of crowd-pleasing sing-along um, part of Coldplay. Um Yeah. And I think that's probably the main song that's different, but the rest of the rest of the songs are these like hard rock, rock pop really, um, anthems. And even like, I can like sense a bit of like tenacious D in some parts, which is obviously kind of weird, but it's really fun. Um, yeah, like I said, I came, I came into this album with low expectations, but I think it's one of them I have to recommend. Um, it's obviously it's quite weird because throughout all of their albums they've probably got different members and you'd think you'd think they have a different sound throughout all, all of them, but no, the, the sound's quite similar, but um I think the execution of the sound is is what separates the albums. Like I said, Rock and Roll Baby was a not really good album. The mix was really quite I don't know, quiet. There's like not much treble. Um but I feel like this album's um victorious was mixed really well i might say wolf mother their self-title album was a bit better but i think it you could say it's on par to be honest and so yeah this week victorious by wolf mother
4: i find it quite funny because i went to their wikipedia page if you scroll down to the members section there's a whole nother page for their yes. band
2: members that's yeah. you know wow well, <laughs> that really tells start. you a lot
4: And on that page, there are, there are some hilarious mugshots of various members mm-hmm. of the band
0: throughout the years. That is a serious timeline of who was in the band at what point. <laughs> That's... Oh, I love it. That's amazing. That is so good.
4: Right, let's move on. Uh, this week, and specifically today, actually, I've been listening to this album. It's called Souls. It's by an artist called Morwell. It's his debut album, he is a UK drum and bass producer Um, I've only been listening to it today so I don't have full thoughts But basically this is what I want from mainstream drum and bass that they've been not doing for the last 10 years Um, The album is about 40 minutes long, perfect! These albums don't need to be an hour and 10 minutes The songs are fun, but they have some experimentation in there. Generally, each track's around like three or four minutes. That feels about right. There aren't, you know, huge mix-ins just for DJs that are incredibly boring to listen to for home listeners. It's just generally a good drum and bass album. Uh, There are interesting bits of percussion used, and the the breaks when they do come in because they're actually quite sparingly used for a drum and bass record are actually used in interesting ways and not just thrown over the top of a piano part and a bass line and being like, there's the song now yeah, I just really like this album Um, I don't have too much to say about it specifically, I like tracks uh, Vertigo, Delirium Corrupted, there's kind of this run of tracks in the middle of the album that I think are really good that go in more of the kind of Straight drum and bass direction Than some of the other stuff um, I think it works really well And yeah it For me it says That you know This is what the major I say major Like the big labels in drum and bass Should be trying to This is the kind of material they should be signing And just aren't They're getting you know Vocalists to come and do corny lyrics Over ten year old songs That were <laughs> written by artists in their prime and getting artists to do the same stuff over and over again because it gets them on playlists, like these are the kinds of artists that, that should be empowered and given space. Um so yeah, that's Souls by Morwell. I'm enjoying it. And finally, Jess.
2: Did I get relegated to the
1: back for insulting the order?
4: For complaining, yes. Uh...
1: I'm sorry. Never get anything right. Can't be first. <laughs> can't be last. <laughs> All right, let's. I'll just go before I get completely kicked out. Um, <laughs>
4: <laughs> You're off the show
1: <laughs> this week for my comeback week. I've been listening to Hinterland by Lone Lady, real name Julie Campbell. Uh, so I knew this because I first heard one track called Silvering. I think it was just suggested to me by like Spotify algorithm or something in the ra- like, playlist radio. So. Um, I've known about it for a while, but I never actually dove into anything else that she'd done. But this came out in 2015 and it was her second album at the time. It's broadly post punk slash dance punk, which is kind of obviously the more, I don't know, it seems to me like a bit of a successor, like a more modern version or like what tends to happen quite a lot. Um, yeah, as I say, it's 2015, so was, you can kind of get an idea of the sort of musical landscape of like electronic and indie music at the time. Uh, it starts off with a song called Into the Cave, which is a really good place to start, effectively. It just really gets everything going immediately. Um, and it just kicks in with these um, these drums. I'm not exactly sure what kind of drums they are, but it's quite a bassy sound. And it's sort of, they kind of fall off the main beat. That's the impression it gives me. It's not; It's a little bit off kilter. What this boils down to is that, I mentioned it's in the sort of vein of post-punk, but what it specifically sounds like, a lot like, is Once in a Lifetime by Talking Heads. Very specifically. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs>
3: okay. it's a very
1: iconic song. And obviously Talking Heads are a comparison you might expect me to make on something like this. Um, but the, yeah, it was really stark the way it was like comparable to that song. A bit, you know, Once in a Lifetime is an incredible song, so I'm not complaining. And I will say that even though I'm going to make comparisons like this, it's not at all um, a detriment really. You can see the influence, which is nice. But it's very much a unique album in its own right still. Um, It's not just derivative. It's very much enjoyable as its own. Um, And the bass line again coming in is particularly Once in a Lifetime-ish, but it's still, yeah, a great song. So if that's the Once in a Lifetime, Silvering, the track that I mentioned before, is the Life During Wartime equivalent, because that just again sounds quite similar, but Life During Wartime is a great song, so it's it's fine. Um, Yeah, maybe she wouldn't appreciate the fact that I'm drawing so many direct comparisons, but. Yeah, it's really, um, it really is still like standalone. You don't need to appreciate any of that stuff to still enjoy the album at all. It doesn't like dampen your experience. Um, Groove It Out is another song that is sort of up in the earlier stages of the album that it does just really kick off quite strongly from the start. It's very upbeat and very um, groovy and catchy, really. Yeah. And that comes in immediately with some sort of cowbell and like a bass line to just. Yeah, it's right up my alley, really, that sort of thing. So, oddly, that track kind of reminds me of like the soundtrack of early Spyro games, um, which is, again, not a... <laughs> that's a compliment, really. It's pretty enjoyable. already an
0: eight, 8 out of 10, and I haven't heard anything. This is already an 8 <laughs> out of 10, just for that comment.
1: <laughs> yeah, I enjoyed the vocals on it as well. It's something I wanted to mention, because they're not really too prominent, which I think is quite nice on an album like this. It's not... It's not like a pop album where they're usually quite front and center. She's kind of got this. She's got a really nice voice, but it's without trying to be mean in any way. It's sort of not anything crazy remarkable. It's just quite normal. But she's put some sort of nice effect on it to kind of make it fade in a bit more. It just kind of is like another one of the instruments, despite having like verses and choruses. But it's sort of yeah, not really prominent. Doesn't take over everything else, which is nice. I was looking into some interviews as well with um, Lone Lady, and interestingly, she mentioned. Um, Her interest in like landscapes, urban landscapes and urban geography and something called psychogeography, which I was a little unsure still as to what that exactly means. But I thought it was interesting because she specifically mentioned brutalist architecture, which is something that I personally just also am a fan of. So kind of interesting to see, you know, to see that side of it and maybe appreciate the album in a slightly different light because, yeah, some interesting articles and interviews she'd done about... Um, just enjoying the weird feelings that you can sometimes get in like a city. She she comes from Manchester and talking about ruins or like derelict areas where like scrublands have kind of grown back up or concrete motorways. And it's just interesting imagery, I think, to kind of imagine while you're listening to it. To me, it kind of, I think it it improved my overall listen of it because I was sort of thinking these things in the background. Um, And she mentioned how it's, how doing something brutalist like that is kind of reflected in quite sort of sparse production and writing, which I can see it's not completely, yeah, it's not too dense or anything. So that's quite nice. Um, Overall, it is very punchy. It's only nine songs um, and 47 minutes. So as you mentioned, well, not too uh, doesn't drag on, which is good. So yeah, I'd overall really recommend it. It was really good. If you like post-punk from like 70s and 80s, or if you like the newer kind of you know, like the LCD sound systems that have kind of come in more recently that are obvious like comparisons to Talking Heads and whatnot, then, yeah, I think you'll enjoy this album too. She's also, in the past couple of weeks, put out her third album called Former Things. I haven't listened to that yet, so I have no opinion on it, but I might have to check it out because this is definitely a good listen.
2: I just wanted to note that our previous university
4: that we all went to and worked at Uh, has a module called Geographies of the Body. That's a module that'll get you 15
1: credits
2: (laughs) towards an undergraduate degree.
1: And maybe banned from some public spaces?
2: Potentially. (laughs) I had to look it up to make sure I hadn't made it up in my mind.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Wait, so you're saying you knew about it before today?
4: Yeah, one of my friends took it.
1: An elective. But when
4: you said, uh, what, psychological geography? Psychogeography, like, yeah, so I assume. Yeah, it triggered my mind.
2: Yeah.
4: Right. <laughs> Shall we move past this? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, before we get to our big topic today, I want to talk about Tom's new song that, as of you listening to this podcast, listener, is out now on Spotify, Apple
2: Music, and Amazon Music. Tom,
0: introduce us. Uh to the song. Well, I suppose the first question is, has anybody listened to it? <laughs> I listened, I've to, listened it, uh, to it. I have. Good. I've had a problem uh with this song, actually. Thank you very much, Will. Um yeah, I've suddenly started releasing music again. Uh I sent it out to a load of the blogs last week to say Here's a new song, what do you think? Uh, And I've had a wonderful time since uh, trying to get the most rubbish excuses for not liking the song because all of them have really, really terrible excuses for not featuring them in their their blogs, which meant that we had such phrases uh, as the chords sound too commercial. Uh, There was also such rave reviews as it feels quite slow burning at times. Uh, And also one of my favourites. We are, unfortunately, looking for more upbeat styles to include in our weekly reviews at this time. Um, So, yeah, hot takes are more than welcome because the the thing is as well, this is very true, I sent this to a group chat that I'm in of some very, very um, picky music fans of mine, people that I've known for a few years now, they're great. But they are shoegaze fans and Radiohead fans and whatnot.
1: And it wasn't us?
0: No, it wasn't. I know. You have got two groups I of think these you friends?
4: mispronounced one of the names in there, by the way. It, I think
0: it's pronounced shoegars. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I, knew I will. Up. <laughs> I do apologize. I will correct them on such things. But honestly, I thought they were going to slate it. But the fact of the matter is, no, they actually quite enjoyed it, which was absolutely. I was quite disappointed because I thought this is the most brutal bunch of people. I know for giving uh truthful criticism on music, and then they all likes it. What's this about? Um, so needless to say, I was thoroughly disappointed. So I'm hoping that you folks can uh, provide some kind of um beef or some roasting ability for the song, because I find that far more interesting than positive reviews. <laughs> and also it's just funny. I I just it was the fact that the blog's just just um had such rubbish excuses for not featuring it. I just like the fact that, I don't know, I just find it funnier, man. I just find it funny.
3: So you put a quote from yourself on here, right? I did. It's, it's lying on your bed watching Netflix alone. I listened to the song and I, <laughs> I do feel like it is kind of like that. Oh, if we said the name,
4: the, so the, the song is called Hit Show. It is. Uh, it's by Tom Haven. So you can tap that into your music streaming service.
1: Pause the show. Go and listen to that.
0: Yeah, exactly. Come back. (laughs) may... I don't know whether I have actually told you guys previously. Yeah, it is about a specific show. And it's true. It is about lying on on your bed watching Netflix alone. That is exactly the point of the song.
4: Um, Wait, so can we get the scoop? Which show is
0: it about? I will tell you that the idea came to me whilst watching uh, The Crown. Uh, fans of The Crown may be able to tell which episode the soundbite at the end of the song came from. Wait, what? <laughs> oh
1: yeah, I did wonder where that was from.
0: If you're particularly astute you will know where it's from.
1: My guess was Bridgerton for the record.
3: I can guess where it's from. Just I I haven't recognised it but I, if I listen to the if, song I can probably guess. I mean, you know, I, I, I
0: will say if you do find out get in touch um, and you will win the prize of Seeing me blush, I don't know.
1: <laughs> <laughs> quite the prize. Quite, quite the mm. prize.
0: Quite the prize. Yeah. Um. I just really had this stupid kind of cheesy idea to make this song about wanting to get so absorbed in what I was watching that I wanted to be a part of it. Um. And as it turns out, it wasn't that cheesy after all. It actually turned out to be a really good and fun song. And this is hopefully. Uh, a comeback of course. hopefully well certainly i'm working on a lot more at the moment and i'm hoping
3: to get that done in due course i really enjoyed the guitar in this um single um i enjoyed the like the slides that you used i i did not what was it what do they say about the chords too like, commercial too, too commercial uh, i don't know maybe but no, <laughs> the chords like... are too cheap <laughs>
2: For being now. sold
3: in supermarket. The bargain
0: basement. <laughs> Everyone sells a 1-4 progression. Seven's just, you know, just adding a new exhaust to your car. It's
3: nothing special. Oh no, the chords were quite jazzy, I thought. I wouldn't particularly yeah. call that commercial. But I I I enjoyed the chords actually. Um and I enjoy how like chill it was. Um I was expecting something more, I don't know, Tar Solo, Maya sort of thing, but no, it, it, it was very chill. I still feel like I could just fall asleep to it. But that's kind of weird, falling asleep to your...
0: Uh, let's carry on. I mean, if if you got it on loop and, you know, you, you're you playing on Spotify, I don't really care because I'm going to rake in the money. It's fine by me. All right, I'll do that then, tonight, I promise. Nice. Thanks, mate. That's interesting, though, that you said... Um, you expected more... Uh, I don't know. Maybe slightly heavier vibe? I don't know. Certainly, like, that John Mayer vibe and that John Mayer connection, I was... All the time, I was kind of wondering... I'm a big fan yeah. of his. I am influenced by him, but I don't want to make it that obvious. But I'd probably also, be the same as well. Depending on what mood I'm in, either it sounds exactly like him, or actually, no. This sounds better than him. So, it's very... It fluctuates a lot with my mood, honestly.
1: I enjoyed the overall like chillness of it. It was very relaxing. I felt like I was at a beach bar.
0: Oh, this is good. This is great. This is, it's quite a weird, ham- actually. It's quite weird actually um, getting comments from people and saying, yeah, it feels really chill. It feels like, you know, uh, I don't know, it could be a rooftop bar. And it's just like, that's exactly what I wanted it to be. It's pretty sweet.
3: Um, now I think of it, the like middle eight section or whatever you want to call it, it, it came to me unexpected and and it was really, really fun. I really enjoyed that bit. Mm.
0: Yeah, I kind of thought if I carried on doing the same thing, it was just going to get boring. So I thought, well, we better change it up. But um, yeah. yeah, I really enjoyed that in the end, actually. It was a really fun section to solo over as well. Once it was all done, it was just like, OK, have one last go. Try and get the solo mm. down. I say that ended up being about three goes and we took the best bits of each. But again, that's, that's spoiling the magic. I won't go into behind the scenes. Off. It's behind the scenes.
1: Oh, we're lucky enough to have the inside scoop here. Interview with the artist himself. Have you ever seen Tom Haven and Tom, the co host of Unmuted and in the same room? <laughs> I, I think that was amazing, not- isn't it?
0: Both here, same side of the microphone. Uh, both talking at exactly the same time out of the same mouth.
4: Wow, it's weird. It's like you guys have rehearsed this. It is like I can't believe you can speak so in sync with each other. Yeah, I um, <laughs> I don't really like this style of music. I'll be honest. Nice, like the whole kind of chilled out, like Tom Mishy. Like here are just some like chill chords. It is quite Tom Mish,
2: isn't it? Actually,
4: drumbeat doesn't really do it for me. I thought it was generally inoffensive. Um <laughs> which I feel like is pretty much the
0: highest praise you can get
4: for this kind of song, right?
0: Tom, you've got to put um, that on
1: your list of um of comments. I, uh,
0: I am making a note of this. I'm going to I'm going to bring it up to the microphone just so you can hear this. Oh dear. So I'll just CD start case. the transcription now for what I'm going to say.
4: Um <laughs> No, honestly, like James, I I like the the middle 80 part towards the end I like that the ride cymbal comes in It gives it a bit more More of like a different feel um, And with like the guitar solo too um, I thought the chorus is maybe a bit repetitive in the lyrics um, Maybe some people would enjoy that Because it gets stuck in their head a bit more But I don't know for me it, I don't know maybe a bit more variety would have been nice yeah, that, that's pretty much it.
0: That's cool though. I Overall, lo- I find, I find the, the criticisms a lot more interesting to hear someone go, yeah, it's not my thing. It's just I do like that. The question the question is though,
2: was it too commercial? <laughs> I mean,
4: considering it's not showing up on Apple Music yet, I don't see <laughs> how it could be too commercial. <laughs>
0: It's it's worth clarifying as well. Uh this is we're recording this on a Friday. The song is coming out Saturday. By the time you hear this on Monday or afterwards, the song will be released. That is why there may be a little bit of um confusion. It's all timings, but when the episode is released, it's gonna be available for all of you fine folks out there, all six of you, or however many there are.
1: I guess on the commercial front, like it's not like crazy different in the chord sense to similar stuff in the genre but also like because the genre is very saturated is kind of the problem I guess but also there's a lot of stuff like this that's done very well so Mm. it's not really a valid complaint in some ways because it's I feel like that wouldn't that hasn't stopped a lot of songs you know yeah it's quite
0: a good point actually yeah, I almost feel like commercial can feel like people are substituting when you take when you take commercial. People are actually want to say not cool or not interesting or not um, different. But that's kind of the point. It's it's a guitar song. It's not going to be cool. It's never going to be cool. Let's let's not make any uh, fanfare about it. It's a guitar. Tom, song. Tom, you could be cool.
1: Start. You gotta back yourself.
0: I can't be cool. But
4: no, go fine. all I in on it. it.
0: That's what I want.
4: I want the really yes. self-aware, like lo-fi yes. indie pop songs, like the no, Hayley no, but,
0: Johnson. But lo-fi, come. lo-fi is becoming cool now. Apparently, that's the thing. And it's just like it's not. It's never going to be cool. It's never going to be in. When you re- when you thought it was having its moment, that's it. It's over. That fashion trend is over. Don't follow the crowd. But this is the thing. Like guitar music was stopped being cool in like 1978. Let's make no pretense about the fact that it's cool anymore. It's not. But that's part of the reason why I follow it. I don't want to be on fashion. I don't want to be on point. It's fine. So, like, again, it's I, again, it's interesting that the comments were, it sounds too commercial. But again, yeah, it's right. And what are you going to do? Are you just going to ignore it because of that or are you going to take it? It's up to you.
1: you Are going to make a music video of you, like, revising for an exam with your headphones on with, like, oh, a window in the background, you know?
0: Like a lo-fi beats to chill to. Exactly. I was thinking about doing a canvas of something similar. I was thinking about doing like a, um, uh, I was thinking about doing like a repeating video of me just watching like a Twitch stream on the bed or something.
1: That's actually quite good, yeah. If you send me a reference picture, I will for free draw that for you because it sounds fun.
0: Could you, is there anything you could do to animate it as well?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I could, I could give it a try.
0: I'm gonna follow you up on that. Okay.
3: Have you ever seen Jess nice. the animator and Jess Holland the... and Jess the host? Um, in the same room.
4: <laughs> I'm casting. pretty sure the name's been said on the show in the past.
0: Yeah, I'll bleep it anyway.
1: James, you're the only oh, person I'm with okay. any anonymity in this show left.
3: <laughs> <laughs> not really.
1: You're like the Stig of the show. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I'm not that
4: cool. <laughs> Was the Stig that cool? <laughs>
2: Yeah, it was epic.
0: The stick was very cool. I did want to be the stick
2: for growing up for a while.
1: Okay, we're clearly back to the show because we've gone on a weird tangent. It's exactly what we're yes, doing. Yes,
4: this feels right, doesn't it? <laughs> this is where we should be. Has anyone seen Whisper of the Heart? No. Yeah. I have. Yeah,
1: I think I have. Actually, is that the, the one?
4: Studio Ghibli movie. Mm-hmm. Is
1: that the one with like the cat statue?
4: Yeah, with the Baron. Yeah, yeah. I I watched it for the first time this week, and I was like, oh, is that where the yeah. lo-fi picture is yeah. from? You know, the picture of the girl? Because there is a shot of the lead main character, who's a teenage girl, sitting down and listening to music on headphones, like, studying. But I've just looked it up, and no, it's not. <laughs> it
1: is similar, though. Very similar. Was it not, like, based yeah. on that or anything, or did you find out it's completely unrelated?
4: I don't know. I I just searched up the picture. I I typed in lofi beats to study and work to or relax to, or whatever it's called. It's a it's a similar picture, but like the windows behind her, whereas in the movie, like yeah, it's like her wall and the windows on the left oh, yeah. of the shot.
3: I guess that's the first um, music myth I've been believing believing. <laughs>
1: Is that also the one that and has um
3: actually about movies. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Is that also the one that has like Take Me Home Country Roads but a parody? It is, yeah. It's very cute, <laughs> <new, laughs> to be honest. I really like that film. It sounds like an incredibly soppy film just in the title, but it is a nice film.
4: I mean it you know, it kind of is also yeah, it's it's a really nice one. And unlike Up on Poppy Hill, there's not a weird incest subplot <clears throat> towards the back half of the
0: movie. Well that makes it better.
4: It's a good movie, it's just... Yeah, it takes a weird turn towards the end.
2: <laughs> Ooh, rainbow.
1: <laughs> Ooh! <laughs> Ooh.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> that can be like... We can sample that out and make it your buzzer for like, the game later. <laughs> I'm
0: going to click you. that during the edit, don't you worry. Ooh, rainbow. Ooh. <laughs> On Lo-Fi Beats, yeah. there is that that controversial opinion that uh, uh, the Conservative Party in the United Kingdom are actually, people who came up with it, with Lo-Fi Boris Wave Beats to relax to and get Brexit done.
4: You can quite easily look at the timestamps of that video and other videos of similar ilk and <laughs> realise that that's definitely not true.
0: Well, you know, I mean, timestamps are one thing, but like they can be fakes. Google's just, you know, can control everything.
4: Right, and <laughs> because the, the great power that is Someone Like the, the small like single person teams Making these lo-fi chill hip hop videos <laughs> <laughs> Would definitely want to take down The conservative party right? of course
2: And they have could.
4: the resources to do that Of course they <laughs> would definitely.
0: definitely I'm sorry who would not want to take down the Tories Let's not go into politics no, That's Next not topic. what I'm saying <laughs> <laughs>
4: Right does anyone have anything else to say About Tom's
0: song before we move on <laughs>
1: It's better than Boris Wave.
0: Oh, How about that? Better, better than Boris Wave. There we go. That's an excellent I'll quote. I'll give you the, the proper
4: quote, Tom. Better than Boris Johnson by a long way. And you can put long in italics to make it emphasize. Can
0: I give it three O's? Or five O's? <laughs>
2: yeah, okay. No, let's
4: make it grammatically correct. Right. Oh, okay. Also, did you see that they're making... They're, uh, Funding a bunch of like forty state schools to have Latin now.
0: Yes.
1: That's oh. I'm honestly on a personal level that's kind of cool. But why?
4: To try and make the language less elitist. Uh,
0: should we return uh, to yeah. a should we return to a feudal system as well where everyone needs to pledge allegiance to the town mayor? That would that would make it less elitist <laughs> and less traditional. Shall we bring back public flogging? Because then it will make it look less archaic. (laughs) My rainbow's disappearing.
3: (laughs) (laughs) It's because it's the UK. Rainbows disappear everywhere here. That's
1: how we all feel on the inside.
3: All right, music mythbusters. (laughs) Yep. so this week,
4: it's our big topic. Um, We thought we'd talk about some music myths, and we'd... Bust them up, if possible. Because there are there are lots of these weird things that go around, aren't there? You know, kids talk about, or people make jokes about. But the reality might be quite different. And sometimes, you know, you just take something for granted. Um, so now we're here to ruin all of the fun. Uh, who wants to kick us off with one?
1: I would, but mine are like... Questionably defined as myths, so maybe I should not right. go first.
4: I'll start. Um, there, there's a myth that in 2003 Avril Lavigne died and was replaced. There are a number of similar myths throughout yeah. history, like, um, like with uh, the Beatles, Paul right? McCartney, wasn't it?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, people's been replaced, and one about George, I think. Oh, okay. There was actually no. I will quickly talk about this before Avril Lavigne. Um, apparently, the um, album cover for Help, that when they released that as a sing, as a single, they did. Uh, it's all the band doing um, signs in Semaphore. Initially, it did spell out Help. Four members they could write they could write four letters. It was meant to say Help, but no one was happy with it. So they ended up creating what was it? Um, N U J V. That's what they put in Semaphore. Uh, and some folks decided that that might mean new unknown John vocalist, as in John Lennon wasn't. An Which isn't even a sentence. It's like, not even grammatically yeah. yeah. correct. The amount of
4: brain gymnastics that they had to do to get to that is um, unbelievable.
3: <laughs> These are the kind of myths I like to bust. And on the Abbey Road <laughs> cover, um, Paul McCartney is shoeless, and the other has got shoes, and that's how. That's one of the reasons people are giving why. He was replaced, um, and
4: yeah, because people don't wear shoes in coffins
0: or something, right? Yeah, supposedly yeah. it's it's funeral procession, and what was it? Um, uh, Ringo was a priest, and uh, George was a grave digger, and um, John was a mourner, or the other way around. I can't remember.
1: A mourner, so just, so regular person that they couldn't think of anything else for.
4: <laughs> Basically, <laughs> <laughs> to Turns set. out, conspiracy theorists <laughs> aren't very creative. <laughs> or- <laughs> All smart.
1: John was a pigeon that was sat on the church roof at the time. <laughs>
4: uh, right, back to Avril Lavigne then. <laughs> uh, in 2012, a rumour spread that Avril Lavigne had died uh, soon after releasing her debut album, Let's Go. Mm. And then a- an actress who was a near-perfect doppelganger uh, had been recording and touring as Lavigne. Um... And apparently they had a deep well of evidence to support their case. Um, in reality, uh, it's false. The rumour was started by a Brazilian blog, Avril Estamorta, which just means Avril is dead. Um, <laughs> and was picked up uh, by a few different uh, publications uh, who ran like sarcastic investigations on, on the theory. Um, in 2015 the person the people who ran the blog uh, revealed that they made the whole thing up uh, and they said that the blog was uh, a way to show how conspiracy theories can seem real. Many people believe everything they see on the internet, but is it right? Uh, I created this theory to see if people would believe it, and thousands of people did. I feel like this happens all the time. people are like I created this this conspiracy theory to see if people would believe it and of course, every single time, or all of these major ones, like loads of people end up believing it. It's like, okay, but what did you prove? It's already been done. We know people will believe like stupid things on the internet.
1: They were just told to say that by the government.
4: <laughs> You're just ruining the world. That's the frustrating thing. Your sir. little science experiment.
1: It's so frustrating. That it's not even like a good proof that it's false. Like saying, "Oh, I made it up," is not a good enough proof. So it just spreads the theory even further, and doesn't yeah. stop it at all. No, I, st- I still, I still,
0: d- I do think there's a very good point to be made there, though, because things do just spread, even if they are the truth or not. I've kind of assumed that it has some credibility just because it's there. I think that's actually quite a deep point to make. It it was
4: done so uh, so much earlier. Like I think it was in the. Uh... In, like, the early days of the internet, there were, there were people doing this with, like, the... There's the one about, like, oh, in your sleep you eat X many spiders in a oh, week yeah or whatever, ten, like, yes. Because they crawl yeah. into your mouth, and it's like... It's true, It's man. not true. <laughs> but people believe it, right? You don't need to make up this weird theory about Avril Lavigne. Do you think they, <clears throat> they made it up and then they were like, oh, I actually feel bad, and I'm gonna say, oh, it was all to... <laughs> to see if... People would believe it.
1: Maybe. That's the thing as well. It does actually like directly affect one person, i.e. Avril Lavigne, which is kinda mean to like put that all on her. But it just kinda sounds like a like a sort of a cut bad mirror episode or something. <laughs> like a season four episode.
2: The
4: other one that I thought was interesting, because it is partly true, um, is this thing about riders. So, um one of the so. Riders are a kind of where artists request certain things in their dressing room before a gig, um, or, or like on the stage or for their equipment um, that need to be in each venue that they go to across a tour. Uh, so there's there's this kind of famous one where uh, Van Halen demanded that every venue provide them with a bowl of uh, M and M's with the brown ones taken out, um, <laughs> which see which. People cite as being, oh, look at these, you know, prima donnas, like these rock stars are too big for their bridges, like making people like do this pointless tar. Uh but actually it is true, but not for the reasons that people think. So uh the lead singer, David Lee Roth, uh, admitted that basically it was because um they needed to check that the uh the people they were working with were actually paying attention to the rider because there was technical equipment that they needed to have that needed to work properly for the show so they they'd know if if the brown m&ms hadn't been taken out then they could tell oh we're going to have problems here and we need to double check everything um and that they hadn't read the contract properly mm. um And also, presumably, at some point, Van Halen must have had like pyrotechnics and stuff, I have to imagine, right?
0: Yeah, it's Van Halen. And you know, if something like that
4: goes wrong, you know, that that could be life threatening. So, yeah, it's true. But it it was actually a somewhat reasonable request (laughs) to make sure that things were being paid attention to.
1: Yeah, not gonna lie, I actually think it's really smart. It makes me have a lot more respect for them. And I kind of want to try it at some point in my life.
4: What, requesting it, or, or have it taking all of the brown M&M's out?
2: <laughs> <laughs> you well, at you first, want, yes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> at first I misread it, and I thought they only wanted brown M&M's, and I was like, why don't they just buy minstrels? But then, yeah, once I read the story more, I was like, okay, I get it. So it's kind of a 4D chess move here.
3: Um, on the topic of specific uh, artists, I want to me- mention um, the White Stripes. So I I've heard this um in my life that Jack White and Megan White the two members of White Stripes while they're still together um are siblings. That is not true. Um they pretended to be sim- siblings um and and th- they said they were siblings in interviews and everything. I'm not sure why, but the real the real fact is that they were married um and yeah, well, they later uh, got divorced, but Jack White actually continued to keep that white name because um, he took Megan's White um, surname when they married. Uh, contrary to tradition, um, it was Jack Gillis. Um, but yeah, they weren't siblings; they were a husband and wife.
0: I suppose it's one of those things that happens when. Uh, if you're in a band You had the White Stripes Both of them got the surname White It's just like Oh they must be related I think people just kind of made but You that- could quite easily say Well we're married <laughs> And that's why <laughs> You don't normally get that in bands though Do you? Did not I mean I'm trying to think The Civil Wars didn't end very well If I remember right um, I'm trying to think of any other bands Where there's a marriage involved Fleetwood Mac Fleetwood Mac
1: Arcade Fleet- Fire I don't know if they're married But there's a couple in it for sure
0: Abba, Abba, were the members of ABBA married to one another? I can't even remember.
1: Oh yeah, they were two couples, right? I don't know if, again, I don't know if they actually married, but they were couples.
0: But then again, we called Abba, then again, we called ABBA, which is just their initials. So you go, oh yeah, two of them have a name that begins with A, and two of them have a name that begins with B. It's just like, that's one leap of logic, whereas assuming that the white stripes are related in some way, I can kind of see how that happens, and then you go, what well, if they're going to be ignorant enough to suggest that we're just going to play it and play up to it i would rather respect that if they did
1: maybe when people think that they're if you think they're a couple they might immediately go to the like, jump to the conclusion that they might break up and end the band whereas as the siblings they don't have that natural conclusion i yeah. don't know that's all i can really justify it by but that's still kind of flimsy so the myths i brought are not necessarily standard myths that might get passed around, but just more misconceptions that I wanted to kind of clear up because I thought, um, these are like actually based on experience, that things that people I know have said or things that I've thought and I was completely wrong. I kind of didn't want to put people off the same experiences like or have people missing out on things because they had the wrong idea like I did. <laughs> um, so one that was, I asked some family and friends around and one that came up multiple times was the Stone Roses being... A hard rock band or in some sort of metal band because of the word stone i guess i don't know queens of the stone age I've rolling stones i never
0: thought this i don't i yeah, don't know maybe i guess from those artists in my mind i i have confused um queens of the stone age with the stone roses but then also like have you not <laughs> listened to fool's gold
1: this is the thing fool's gold is a really well-known song and i think maybe some people don't realize that that's who made it um yeah multiple people have said this like completely independently but no the stone roses are not a hard rock band <laughs> they are in fact very jangly indie pop and um they're around in like the late 80s and early 90s and are kind of a like a Britpop and Blur predecessor in some ways you think they might actually count as Britpop themselves but like definitely like Blur's first album if you ever listen to that is is quite a stone roses ripoff to be honest um and it's a lot more like accessible and enjoyable to all, all the people i spoke to like were, were sort of thinking oh i actually really enjoy this this is great and they just didn't think they would like it which is odd but yeah kept happening so i guess i wanted to clear it up because i like the stone roses um and massive attack was another one that got brought up because if you if you know it doesn't sound like massive attack doesn't is not a heavy band they're trip hop it's like quite relaxed electronic music as a whole. Um, but yeah, people again seem to think they were like metal or something. I guess it's kind of an aggressive name. But-
4: I guess it depends how you think about it though. Because I don't know, because I know the band, I think of attack like from like an ADSR envelope rather than <laughs> <laughs> massive attack like <laughs> charging the, the battalion or whatever. <laughs>
1: Yeah, to be fair, I think this is not really the band's fault because I think supposedly "Attack" here like refers to the kind of build up in the song, and so they actually are. The, the title does, in fact, refer to how the song sounds. I think it's just maybe something people didn't like connect the dots on, but I can also kind of understand why people might get the wrong idea about it. Although again, I'm sure like people will know of Massive Attack. You must have heard some of the main songs, but
4: yeah, again, they must have heard "Teardrop," right? But maybe
1: haven't like put the pieces together. This is the same one. The other one I wanted to look at was um, Things the Other Way, where it looks like it's going to be nice and calm and relaxing, and it definitely turns out not to be. 20 Jazz Funk Greats. Does anyone know of this already?
4: No. No one So,
1: knows. 20 Jazz Funk Greats. You may think it's very simple. It sounds like something you'd find in a charity shop bargain bin. Um, the album cover
4: looks like something you'd find in a charity shop bargain bin. Exactly. It For, looks like a Christian band that's like trying to be Fleetwood Mac 20 years after Fleetwood Mac were relevant.
1: Yeah. So for anyone listening, it's the four members of the band wearing very normal outfits. They're standing on a nice meadow on, a, on the edge of a cliff somewhere. The writing and the font is extremely basic and standard and seen in a million places. It may not be the fun time you're expecting <laughs> because this is an album by Throbbing Gristle and was basically like one of the creators of industrial music and is intended to be extremely harsh and inaccessible. And Actually, actively trying to trick people into thinking it was going to be relaxing, which is quite interesting. I think the others I've mentioned haven't been trying to trick anyone. They've just been—that's just their aesthetic. That's just what they wanted to go for. People have interpreted it the wrong way. Uh, this band was actively, yeah, trying to make people think the wrong thing and to get them to buy the record and then to be horrified by it, which is quite funny to be honest. Um,
4: I'm quite disappointed. There are only eleven songs.
1: It's well, better to be like thirty. <laughs>
4: Well, it's 20 jazz funk greats, giving 20 songs. Okay,
1: yeah, that's a very fair point.
0: There is actually a quote from the Wikipedia page uh, from, who is it? It'll be the one of the members of the band anyway, who said, we did the cover so it was a pastiche of something you would find in a Woolworths bargain bin. They genuinely (laughs) said that. Uh, we took a oh, photograph. F. Of most, we took a we took a photograph uh, at the most famous suicide spot in England, called Beach. Yet, oh crikey! Well, there you go. Uh, <laughs> there you go. So the picture is not not. <laughs> Tom's so, laughing maniacally so at that. the the, <laughs> the yeah, and then it, and then it, and then he goes on to say, "So the picture is not what it seems." No, clearly not. <laughs> clearly not. The weird thing, as well as it, is it that kind of got, ruins yeah. the illusion, but. The weird thing as well as it's apparently got rave reviews. Pitchfork gave it a ten out of ten.
1: Pitchfork gave it a ten out of ten. That's it for this week's episode of I don't know. Unmythed unbusted?
2: Doesn't really Unwag. work. I hate that. <laughs> I
4: love it. Uh,
1: You're not editing, so we're
4: gonna take a break, but when we come back we're doing a game that's something we haven't done in a long time on the show. And then I'm going to have a review of the new Skirts album, so stay tuned for that.
1: Okay, we haven't had a game for a while. We've got Translation Station, but I thought we should have something a bit new. Um, So my new game is tentatively titled Yelp, I Need Somebody, um, and is basically all based on um, <laughs> amusing reviews for albums slash artists that I have found on rachelmusic.com. Um, I may expand out to other platforms at different points, but right now, that's where the most people with, like, kind of pretentious views are, which is quite amusing to read. Oh, lovely. Um, yeah, so this is maybe slightly specific to uh, someone here. This review comes from Hardcorey on OIM.
2: Hardcorey, uh,
1: <laughs> I don't think I've ever heard a more dull, safe album, except maybe from John Mayer or someone like that.
0: Oh, <laughs> I see. I see.
1: Guess what album it is if you'd like.
0: Someone really basic uh, and quite Fearless safe.
4: Taylor's version.
0: Yeah. Um, That's is Is it... Is it um, whatever Coldplay's last album was called. Um,
1: Feasibly, yes, but no.
0: They've announced their new one, actually.
4: Music for for Spheres or whatever. They
0: have, which is intriguing. I feel like it's going to be a massive disappointment.
4: One of the singles was terrible, and then the other one is
0: like... 10 minutes. 12 minutes long, yeah. I feel like that's the only one that's going to be of any interest, though. And then the rest is just going to be quite mediocre
3: but it's Coldplay so I'll forgive Is the album a Billie Eilish album?
2: It's
1: not in fact I would actually be quite surprised if that was a Billie Eilish review I don't think she deserves that maybe your opinions differ
2: It's Corey
4: Hart Do you think the person who it is does deserve it?
1: (laughs) Uh, Short Mendes Shall I just reveal it?
0: Yes Go for it
1: There's a lot of albums in the world Um this is an album by the Black Keys and named this album is Brothers.
0: Yeah. So
4: <laughs> Oh uh, Oh, that that's a bit hard. <laughs> no. Okay.
1: I'm not saying any of these are right necessarily. I'm not saying they're wrong either. I'm just I'm not offering any opinion on the reviews themselves. Just that they kind of made me laugh. This one did make me laugh. I feel like you've got a quite good chance of guessing which album it is. Uh by the King of Carrot Flowers. So <laughs> great start. Right. Play six minutes of a 7-8 guitar riff and say stuff like, I remember when we f- against your Sonic Youth poster. Your father stood in line at Tesco for a toaster. And then start blaring every horn instrument you can find around the four minute mark. And RYM will be like, This literally feels like I'm witnessing the construction of the Pyramids of Giza.
4: Is it Broken Social Scene? No. <laughs> oh. I don't know.
1: It's an album from this year. It's a very well known album. Not very. It's not like super mainstream, but it's like to us it's very well known.
4: Oh to us. My to next people. Guess was gonna be Spirit of the Beehive, when you said it was this year.
1: It's
0: It's not King Gizzard, is it? It seems very cruel.
1: No, you're not far off though, really. It's not crazy different.
0: It's a Thundercat. No.
1: <laughs> not enough anime references. <laughs>
4: Give, give me another clue. I feel like it's it should be on the tip of my tongue, a bit like it's like
1: um, it. it's a debut album from this year. Um,
0: Olivia Rodrigo.
1: No. <laughs> <laughs> Which of her
0: songs is in seven eight? know. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bizar. It's as a hidden track at the end. That's why you never got to it. <laughs> um, well the,
4: the reason I didn't get to it is because I didn't listen to the album
1: actually <laughs> <laughs> What else can I say Without giving it away completely um, It's
2: a British band
3: I think you're going to have to give it to us
2: You're going to kick yourself though
3: Oh yeah we will It's oh.
2: Black
1: Country New Road
3: Oh. oh I... <laughs> See I
4: knew I recognised The vocal snippet Ah, or at least like part of it right (laughs) the bit with the profanity
1: (laughs) um okay again moving to one which is like very um very descriptive review which I enjoy a lot this is actually this album I'm sorry this review makes me laugh so much um because it's an album I actually absolutely love but I also agree with every word this person says um this is a review by Rusty Judas
0: Rusty Judas
1: they give the right, album no, two yeah. and a half stars to start you off. An album that sounds like it's being played in a grimy high-rise flat. It's also that claustrophobic, and it sounds like an urban comedown. Yes, it evokes an atmosphere, but it's one I want to wash from my skin like hallucinatory ants from a bad trip.
3: Is it like a Kid A album?
1: Mm. A Kid A album?
4: Not a Kid, yeah. a, kid a. <laughs> a. Kid A. Is it Massive Attack?
1: It's massive Attack oh. with Mezzanine. Um. This next one is, like, very much in a similar vein. Um, To give you a clue immediately, it's kind of a similar style of music and a similar sort of... If you like one, you'll probably like the other, Um, but it's made me laugh. This is by Spirit of 77. They give this album four stars out of five, I should clarify. Went to a house party and said, I'll only have a few, even though it's immediately made you feel like an old British man guffawing through a yellowed moustache. You wind up trashed, throwing up, and going home in the back seat of someone's car, shivering, motor skills out the goddamn window, and the driver has thirty, and the driver has ninety three point five. The flow playing for some reason.
4: Wait, what That's part it? of that is about an album?
2: <laughs> the mood. Well, the That's mood. That's the
3: mood. That's what we get. Hmm. Genre? An old man's album.
2: <laughs> Is that what you no.
3: Yeah? Is it C
0: six Steve? No, absolutely not. <laughs> Is it Engelbert Humberdink? Is it <laughs> no, too Tom,
1: you are... I feel like Tom, you just need to think of the music you're suggesting and then go like completely 180 and then suggest that
4: okay. for all of these. A hundred gecks. What was that? A hundred gecks?
1: No, but not a not a um unreasonable guess. This album specifically has a song about being in a fast food place late at night, like maybe after a night out or something.
4: Every Blink 182 album? (laughs) (laughs)
1: There's a specific one, but I I won't say. But anyway, okay. Well, This album was by Burial.
4: Oh, yeah, in McDonald's,
2: right?
1: Yeah, Um, in McDonald's.
2: mm. (laughs) Yeah, it's untrue. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So...
1: Okay, the next one, um, I've got two reviews on this one because I think it's a kind of dichotomy of man kind of situation um, Mm. that made me laugh. So this one, review number one, is by Listy Guy. I'm sorry, I can't get into this album at all. It sounds so awful, I want to cry at points. One Mm. star. (laughs) Reviewer number two. (laughs) Reviewer number two, Lowercase, or lowercase, yes. Fast and bulbous, exclamation mark. Five stars.
2: Is it the shins, because
4: of Know Your Onion?
1: It's not. Oh. I will clarify that the second review is actually also a reference to the lyrics, but um, I liked it on face value as well.
0: You literally, Will, you literally made a comment because it's bulbous and makes you want to cry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It makes sense.
1: (laughs) It actually does make a lot of sense. I didn't expect such coherent answers for this. To be honest, I'm appreciating that you're joining the dots together, even if those dots don't exist.
4: Is it never mind? Are they describing the baby?
1: (laughs) What What is in your tea, Will?
4: It's green tea. It's supposed <laughs> right, to be healing. It's,
1: yeah, it's supposed to be chilled out, but that's <laughs> not happening. Um You may not know this one, but overall I would say it's like one of those albums that's extremely if you find like real nerdy music fans, they will probably revere this album maybe in an unjustified way. It's definitely one of those that like is in certain circles considered the best album of all time. Other people would just be like, What is this? This doesn't make Trout any sense. Trout
4: Mask Replica?
1: Yeah, that's exactly it.
4: Oh, it's uh, Captain
0: Beefheart. And Captain Beefheart. Whatever.
1: Yeah. It's like, if you know, you know.
0: Yes, I do. I was going to say Trout Face, which is also pretty accurate, but it's also not the name of the <laughs> band. It's close enough. It's close enough. Trout Mask Replica
4: by Trout Face. Trout Mask Troutface. Replica. <laughs>
1: um here we've got another kind of quite a narrative going on here um mm-hmm. also by Hardcorey. i actually sometimes if i found someone i liked their reviews i kind of went back in the history and had a quick look um <laughs> i'm trying to shout out to names give people their due credit maybe they don't want to be associated with this but whatever they've put it out there on the internet yo x bros so okay i was listening to this album and i was like damn man that's dank ass, but not really dank because drugs are lame. All right, man? And I showed it to all the people in my high school and mosh hard to it in my bedroom every morning. I palm slap into my stereo and I hurt my foot moshing and my dad had to take me to the hospital. And I slammed it into the CD player and then he had to bump. And I was like, whoa, oh, dad, slow down.
4: So, is it- so it's about drugs, but you can also mosh to it. Yeah,
1: I've will. Like i not actually heard this album, so you don't have to guess it, but I loved the review.
0: You've not heard the album or have you, you've not heard I've of not
1: it? I've not heard of it. it.
0: Oh, that's great any idea of genre?
2: I mean you're mushing to it I imagine it's hardcore punk oh okay. about drug do you know the band? no okay um. I just liked this review maybe I I I'll go and jump? listen to it no but it doesn't sound like it's too far off to tell you, go for it. It's called Keepers of the Faith by Terra. I've never heard of them, but I might check it out just based on that. Four out of five stars. So,
1: if I break my foot, moshing, then you'll know what I've been listening to. <laughs> <laughs>
2: um,
1: this is now my final review that I've got on here, which did make me laugh by someone called Greyhound with two D's on RYM. This is. F- Awful. Four stars. <laughs> what? Is that all we get? <laughs> yeah.
4: Fearless
0: Taylor's version.
4: <laughs>
2: yes. <laughs> <laughs>
0: okay. Is it right. sung to one of their, like, black... No.
4: <laughs> Last four years. What have people, like, really hated? Because my next guess was going to be Neutral
2: Milk Hotel, because, like, people really hate their records.
1: I'll find out the year.
2: It was 2019.
3: Mm. Three years ago.
2: So I'd like to draw your
1: attention to the juxtaposition of the content of the written review and its score.
4: Oh, what was the score?
1: Four out of five stars. Oh. I see where they're coming from.
4: I'm searching best-selling albums of
2: 2019. (laughs) I don't think it
1: will be a bestseller. I think, again, it's more of a, like, hipster music fan circle yeah. thing rather than charts.
4: Dedicated? Was that 2019?
1: No. I don't know. Uh, it might have been. It might have been slightly earlier. But um, it was not that. Do you want a, a, a big clue? Go for it. You guessed this, like, five minutes ago. And it wasn't right then, but it's right now.
4: Now, what taste way?
2: No, what? What's that?
4: Taylor
0: Swift. Oh, what? <laughs> <Okay>. No. <laughs> you just guessed that five minutes ago for this exact one.
1: <laughs> yeah, for a different one, I should clarify. It's not now become you correct. He didn't
4: just say no to you. <laughs> well, that's right. what I guess, Portis Head?
1: <laughs> no, it didn't come out in 2019.
4: <laughs> Could have been a re-release. I guess. What was um, the onion one you said? Oh, the Shins! No. That didn't come out. They actually they d- they did release an album. No, it was twenty seventeen, wasn't it? And that's an album where I'd rate it highly and also write a review like that. Heartworms, where it's like really, really
2: weird but kind of endearing. Um, I can't think of who else. I guess this is to
1: the point where like people will. Write long paragraphs about how annoying this band is and how annoying all the music is. And also, other people will be like, it's the most innovative, forward thinking thing I've heard in my life. This is the future of music.
4: Oh, 100 Gex.
1: It's 100 Gex. Uh,
4: a <laughs> thousand Gex, yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, a thousand Gex by a hundred Gex is confusing. Unnecessarily so.
4: <sighs> Each Gex done 10 Gex for the album. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Each geck. A singular geck.
4: Mm. They're like lemmings.
1: <laughs> but yeah, that's my game. Um, or slash showcase of things I found. I have no idea. Everyone's won. a loser in this I game.
3: game.
1: <laughs> I think it is probably well, yeah.
0: Congratulations. Good game. Good game. Well GG. Done. Easy.
4: Right. Shall we get on to the review for this week? Mm. I would like to talk about a new album that's come out. It's by an artist called Skirts. The album is called Great Big Wild Oak. It's the debut album from the solo artist, despite kind of sounding like a band. Um, They are one person. Uh, It came out recently on Double Double Whammy. Um, I've taken a listen to it. It is hazy, folky, indie rock, uh, like the singles kind of suggested it would be. Um, I've quite enjoyed it. Uh, Spoilers for the rest of the review. Uh, The production uh, does take like a kind of purposefully rough approach at times, uh, which I quite like. Uh, Generally, it's not like pristine. Um, there's there's a bit of fuzz of left in there, but but there are times where they let it kind of take over a bit. So the end of always is one moment, uh, where it kind of goes into like Pacific Northwest 90s indie rock territory with like big fuzzed-out guitars, uh, that I think works quite well in in small doses in this kind of album. There are also some kind of nice modern production flourishes to kind of separate it out from Lots of similar albums because I feel like there are a lot of of records that have this general vibe to them. Uh, on the track "Easy," there are these kind of snappy, um, kind of electronic sounding drums. It might be done through through effects. Um, and on the track "Day Spell," there's this uh, like synth that sounds very much like I don't know how else to describe it other than like band campy. Like if you listen to lots of like indie folk type stuff on Bandcamp, you'll hear these kinds of kind of basic like soft synth sounds a lot. Um, overall, if you like other stuff on Double Double Whammy, you'll probably like this. Uh, it sounds like a kind of hi fi version of lots of the albums that come out on Zed Tapes, which is another label that does kind of more lo fi but still kind of indie folk type stuff. I think. Uh, it It's still quite early into listening to the album But the, the songwriting is quite strong across the board There was never any moments While listening to the whole thing Where I was like ooh that's an odd lyric to put in Like it all flows together quite nicely I think timing wise it, it, It's maybe a bit unfortunate Because if it had have come out m- Maybe a month ago Through the heat wave, it would have been one that I'd Have on a lot whereas now if it, With the weather kind of receding in t- Into the winter in the UK um. Maybe I won't be listening to it quite so much because it it does have such a kind of lazy summer afternoon, like sweltering heat type sound to it. Um, yeah, I enjoyed it. There's not a ton here to kind of pick it out from the pack, particularly. I think there there are quite a few albums of of this kind of style around that are all. Really good. Um, There are these few moments, right, where it kind of goes in different directions, but but for the most part, it is kind of it's just kind of hazy indie folk, indie rock type stuff, but just done well, Uh, which I appreciate. Um, It's just maybe not, you know, it's not gonna light the world on fire, but it's an enjoyable first outing uh, for the artist. I'll check out what they do next too.
2: So yeah, that's uh, Great Big Wild Oak by skirts. Right, should we get on to upcoming releases this week? Uh, we've got quite a bit to
4: talk about, so we might have to race through quite quickly. First up, The Killers' new album, Pressure Machine, comes out this week. Um, I'm not particularly excited to be honest. I kind of fell off the killer's wagon a few albums ago. Um, no one's jumping at the bit to talk the,
0: about it, but so n- let's move on. No, I'm, I'm just Googling. The killers literally are releasing a new album. I had no idea this was happening. Okay, I'm intrigued. I have no expectations going into it, um, but I'm intrigued.
4: I'm expecting it to be big arena rock type stuff
0: the fact that the album has a trailer is um equal parts intriguing and concerning um because either it's going to be a uh, i mean put it this way all the new star wars films also had trailers so it it could be that it's particularly good it could be that it's quite dreadful or it could be that it's a mixture of both
3: don't movies normally have trailers
0: Oh well, yeah, that's what I mean, though. It's an album. It's got two trailers. <laughs> I've just seen it's got two trailers. It's an album. Like, I think okay, I missed some, but... There's some
1: real leaps of logic here.
4: Right, so next up, uh, Joy Orbison is releasing a mixtape, I think it's... Yeah, uh, I think it's being touted as... Uh, if you don't know Joy Orbison, um, he is a dance music producer probably most famous for in the early 2010s a track called Hy Mungo I think that's how you pronounce it which was this incredible garagey post-dubstep track that to this day I still sometimes throw on at parties and have a bit of a bop to because it it's fantastic like it took a lot of the ideas from dubstep and just like threw them all on their head and did something very different with it um recently he's been doing some cool stuff uh he had a double a side uh with overmono uh a couple of years ago with a track called Bromley that I really liked um and we talked about overmono on the last episode that you can go back and listen to uh if you're interested uh but yeah i'm looking forward to seeing what he's got on this one
1: yeah you've kind of sold it as like being kind of interesting but it kind of just like rubs me up the wrong way when people have a name like that that sounds just very like uninspired I don't know I just think I find it odd when someone like copies another artist so directly and obviously not copying in terms of music but like I don't know it just it feels a little bit weird to me and it immediately puts me off but I have to like yeah put my expectations aside and actually just try and go in
2: and enjoy it (laughs) James just fell over my blinds next up
4: uh Wednesday are releasing an album called Twin Plagues um I didn't really know about this band but I think it was Stereogum uh were uh did some write-ups for their singles leading into this album and were were quite positive um I've listened to some of it I wasn't as enamored with the singles as they were um but I think it, it'll be an interesting one to experience as a whole album it feels like one where I might enjoy the songs more in in context of the rest of the record, and maybe listening to things, listening to it over and over again, it might be one of those ones that grows on me over the course of the year, if there are those, the tracks to keep pulling me back into listening to it again. Next up, Jade Bird has a new album coming out, it's called Different Kinds of Light. Um... I assume that other people have strong opinions on Jade Bird in this group. It's here. Uh, I quite liked some of her, the stuff on her EP Something American, I think it was called, yes. uh, particularly the track Cathedral, but then her debut album didn't really do anything for me, so I'll check out some of the songs from this one, I guess.
0: Yeah, I've been following Jade Bird for a little while. I can't remember when I first saw her, but certainly I saw her just after the first... Um... Uh, Something American EP came out so I've been keeping an eye on her ever since and I'd probably agree well the first album was it had some really cool moments but then it just seemed a little bit lacklustre in other places but maybe that's just because of what I was expecting going into it so I'm equal parts uh, stoked for this and also terrified I don't know what this is going to be I know roughly what it's going to be but is it going to be outstanding or is it going to be a bit bland is it going to be both um so i'm curious about that one i'm gonna have a listen to this Devendra
4: banhart and noah georgerson are releasing an album next month called refuge um i don't know if anyone's a Devendra banhart fan in here but they're one of those artists where i feel like i need to like devote some time to to get into and i just never have like (laughs) it's one of those things where i'll add the um an album to my streaming library, and I'll be like, I'll listen to this sooner than I never do. Um, but yeah, he he does, like, freak folk, I think. Like, that kind of stuff. I think that's what what you
2: call it. Um, but it was quite popular in the noughties, I think. Um, in the folk scene. And then, finally, we've got a new album from Jungle.
4: Uh, I think it's their sophomore record called Loving in Stereo coming out. I assume that Josh, our previous contributor, would be interested in this one and potentially some others. So, oh, and Jess, you put them on your summer playlist, right?
1: Yeah, I actually quite like Jungle. Um, I was quite a big fan of their first album, and the second one was like good in that it kind of had the same positives as the first one, but also was like maybe... Um, slightly samey was my kind of concern that it was just like a bit more of the st- same stuff as on the first album which is yeah great in some ways but you kind of want things to change after a while and not stagnate so it'd be interesting to see what they do with this one but I do also like all like, the surrounding stuff around them which is I know not the music I should probably try and ignore it but it does kind of to me add to the whole thing because they've got like a very consistent look like all the album covers are like in direct, um, in a direct series of each other and they look really nice um, they've got really good music videos and just like a generally sort of cool style with things, which, yeah. Maybe I shouldn't let that influence me, but it is cool. I do appreciate it.
4: I think I listened to one of the singles and it sounded like their previous
2: stuff, but a bit more pop focused. Yeah.
1: All right. Well, we'll see. To we a
0: question. Time to us your question if it's their third album. Weirdly, it's their junior album. Um, there's your answer.
4: Tertiary does mean the third one, though. It does. does. Technically, I was correct.
0: Well, technically, we're both correct. Why can't there be more than one version of the truth?
4: Right, so that's our show. Thanks for listening. Uh, If you want to keep up with us, hit subscribe in your favourite podcast service. Give us a follow on Twitter, at Unmuted Weekly. And feel free to send us an email at unmutedunmastered at com.
0: Feel free to send your roasts about Tom Haven's new song, Hit Show. He's been, He's been a great guest. He's gone now. But um, yeah, do feel free to send him roasts about his um song available now. Spotify and Apple Music.
4: Yeah, let's say a big thank you to Tom Haven for coming on the show this
0: week. Yeah, thanks Tom yep, Haven. Thanks, he's, Tom. he's rushed off to his helicopter now. But um, yeah, he's a good guy. What a guy. the show. Have we finished?
4: Yeah, more or less. I've, I do, the episodes we, just kind of like trail off. It does. Why is it, like, They why do. It sort peter
0: out. Someone said something sarcastic, and that's our outro. <laughs>